0: The tweets are in, at real Donald Trump, cutting college affirmative action, which is actually racist. I wouldn't want extra SAT points for my race. Why not? Hashtag affirmative action is just a fancy term for reverse discrimination. We need to end discrimination in all forms against all people. Good idea. Good. It's about time we eliminate the soft bigotry of low expectations. Hashtag affirmative action. I'm confused, liberals. Is it okay or not to treat people differently based on the color of their skin? Wednesday wisdom. It's good wisdom. Martin Luther King Jr. dreamed of a day when people weren't judged by the color of their skin. End affirmative action. Leftists, dismantle systemic racism now. Right. Okay, let's end affirmative action. Leftists, wait, well, some systemic racism is okay. Sorry, libs, we will no longer give privileges based on race, but rather on the content of people's character. Hashtag affirmative action is a racist cancer, paternalistic whites who think blacks can only get ahead if they're given a head start. Toxic. You tell them. On Tuesday, the New York Times reported that the Trump administration is preparing to investigate and sue universities over affirmative action admissions policies, which discriminate on the basis of race, on the meager grounds that those policies discriminate on the basis of race. What bigotry? Plus, roaming millennial Zoe Rachel and Louder with Crowder's Not Gay Jared joined the panel of deplorables to talk about the stock market's predictable drop to an historic high, the president's running roughshod over environmental regulations to build the wall, and speaking of aliens, NASA's new planetary protection officer to save Earth from ET. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. So Attorney General Sessions at DOJ is reportedly about to target the affirmative actions policies at universities and in employment, but specifically on campus at universities. And we are are really lucky because here at the Michael Knowles Show, we have obtained exclusive footage of former Obama administration officials reacting to the news. Do we have it? That is really gory. That's too bad for them. Well, uh, they're they're at least out of office now. You know, before his head exploded, the Obama DOJ employee Vanita Gupta said this about the reported policy change. Yet again, the Sessions Justice Department, led by the political leadership and marginalizing the career employees, is changing course on a key civil rights issue. Now He's making a point about affirmative action, but it's really interesting. the other point he makes, which is that the political leadership, you know the people put in place by our elected representatives are undermining the career bureaucrats who have been governing us with no accountability for decade upon decade because apparently there are benevolent betters. they're the technic- technocrats who can tell us how to live our lives better than we can live them ourselves. But then he's also making the point that uh, this is a terrible change for civil rights and so on. Let's allow Attorney General Sessions to speak for himself on the issue. I couldn't have put it any better myself <laughs> that, was, that screaming dog of course or the lefties and o- Obama era officials who were who were raising a ruckus about this but and he does sound a lot like Foghorn Leghorn but he's a great American and a, a good uh, attorney general and but that is basically what he's telling him he's telling him to shut up and we can go a little bit more in depth on the subject the uh, in 2003 the supreme court sent a very confusing message on the issue of affirmative action in the in the case Gratz v Bollinger they decided that affirmative action was not okay. It was unconstitutional. But then in Grutter v. Bollinger, they decided that it was constitutional. One case was about the undergraduate admissions policies at the University of Michigan. The other was about law school admissions policies at the University of Michigan. And it was a complex case. I think even Sandra Day O'Connor, who wrote the opinion of the court, understood that she was making a very complex and gray point. What she said was the United States constitution, quote, does not prohibit the law school's narrowly tailored use of race in admissions decisions to further a compelling interest in a diverse student body. But she went on, the court expects 25 years from now, the use of racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interest approved today. So I don't know why she picked the the number 25. I think it's because she understood this is unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional now, but it will affect a social change that we would like or apparently will affect a social change we would like so let's just do it for a while and you can overturn it in 25 years and there there is some precedent for this even bill buckley who's credited with founding the modern conservative movement he advocated quote a pro negro discrimination policy in employment to make up for historical injustices and inequalities and the exclusion of blacks in america clarence thomas the only black justice on the Supreme Court at the time, vehemently disagreed with this opinion. He said, quote, the majority has placed its imprimatur on a practice that can only weaken the principle of equality embodied in the Declaration of Independence and the Equal Protection Clause. Quote, our constitution is colorblind and neither knows nor tolerates classes among citizens. Now, he agreed with the 25-year structure that was set up by Sandra Day O'Connor, but he agreed because, quote, these policies will clearly have failed to eliminate the perceived need for any racial or ethnic discrimination because the academic credentials gap will still be there. So is, is the academic credentials gap still there? We're not quite 25 years out, but we are a number of years out from this, and not too far behind. I think Clarence Thomas put it even more succinctly in, a, in another talk. Do we have it?
1: I have never understood the notion that we could continue to focus on race in order to get over race, um, I've never understood that that we have to continue to identify us and you know the, the, the be race conscious in order not to be race conscious.
0: What a virulent racist and clearly so uneducated, isn't he? So there, there, there are these these two arguments. There's this constitutional and American ideals argument. How are we supposed to not be race conscious if we're How does being extremely race conscious get us to being not race conscious? And this constitutional argument that uh, we shouldn't be discriminated against on the basis of uh, our our, uh, racial background. Now, there are also more tangible reasons to oppose uh, affirmative action. The first argument is reverse discrimination. This is the reason that even that socialist utopia, the United Kingdom got rid of the policy, is that clearly it discriminates against some racial groups, but not on others. Uh, A Bush administration, Department of Education, civil rights official said this in 2005. She said, quote, these policies dismiss the very real prices paid by individuals who end up injured by affirmative action. And those individuals, by the way, are not just the much maligned straight white male. There are a lot of other groups as well. Adam Carolla uh, explains his experience here.
1: Jeez, I want to talk about my white privilege so badly. I graduated North Hollywood high with a 1.7 GPA. I could not find a job. I walked to a fire station in North Hollywood. I was 19. I was living in the garage of my family home. My mom was on welfare and food stamps. And I said, can I get a job as a fireman? And they said, no, because you're not black, Hispanic, or a woman. Uh, We'll see in about seven years and I went to a construction site and dug ditches and picked up garbage for the next seven years. I got a letter in the mail sent to my father's house saying your time has come to do the written exam for the LA Fire Department. I took it and I was standing in line and I had a young woman of color standing behind me in line and I said just out of curiosity, when did you sign up to become a fireman? Because I did it or a person seven years ago and she said Wednesday. Um, that is an example of my white privilege. It's, I think it's an economic privilege more than it is the color of your skin.
0: There's Adam Carolla, a fellow cissexual, heterosexual, Italian American man. I identify very strongly with him, but the notion that Adam Carolla, not, not a fairly burly guy, uh, would be, uh, overlooked for seven years and a, a smaller woman would be in line right the next day is, is quite interesting. Uh, they they're, they're There are these two other arguments. There is the class inequality argument, there's the mismatch theory argument. The mismatch theory argument is what got uh, Antonin Scalia in a lot of trouble in the year before his death. The class inequality argument is easy. It's, It's the idea that these programs don't actually help the people that they're intended to help, poor ethnic minorities, poor blacks, who uh, should be able to climb up out of poverty and go up into social mobility, but it actually helps the already upwardly mobile, the middle, middle class and the upper middle class. And uh, here, here's Thomas Sowell explaining both of these ideas.
1: Particularly since the net effect of the preferential treatment, which is preferential in intention more so than in results, uh, is that those blacks who are particularly disadvantaged have fallen further behind under these policies. That such policies have uh typically benefited those blacks who are well off who became better off blacks who have relatively less work experience lower
0: levels of education uh black female-headed families all these groups have fallen further behind during a decade or more of affirmative action don't you feel the racial hatred pouring out of that noted brilliant economist thomas oh he the other point he makes in an, in another clip somewhere else is that affirmative action encourages people to continue to separate themselves into smaller and smaller and more specific groups because preferred groups then, or rather people who come from non-preferred groups want to appear as though they come from preferred groups, which is why I am a Palermo, Sicilian American and so on and so forth. And this ultimately leads to that intersectionality hierarchy where we need to decide if a, a black transgender Jewish Muslim is more oppressed than a Persian, a pygmy who rides horses or something to that effect. Now, Richard Sander (laughs) explains the effects of mismatch theory, which uh, uh, Thomas Sowell just explained. He explains some interesting statistics that come out of this. UCLA law professor who points out black college freshmen who uh, aspire to STEM careers at a rate that's significantly higher than whites, but they dropped out at double the rate because of a mismatch. The idea that students are going into these schools, but they're unprepared, and because there's an advantage given based on racial preferences, they maybe they would do better off at a lower tier school where they could succeed and then go on to advanced degrees. On that point, black students who attended a college at which they're mismatched were two times as likely to be derailed from pursuing advanced degrees if they intended on doing that when they got there. Uh, One half of black college students rank in the bottom 20% of their classes, the bottom 10% in law schools, also explained in part by mismatch. Black law grads are four times as likely to fail the the bar exam, and uh, Sanders says that the mismatch explains at least half of this gap. Campuses with lower academic mismatch are also significantly more likely to be socially integrated, because people tend to be attracted to people of their intellectual peer group, and uh, so campuses where people are of roughly the same academic caliber, tend to be more socially integrated across all uh, criteria, including race and ethnicity. And then here's the craziest statistic of all. After UCLA dropped its affirmative action, the total number of black and Hispanic students who received bachelor degrees Were five uh, was exactly the same for the next five years as it was for the five years before the change. There was no change. And the explanation for this is, while there may have been fewer students from certain demographics, the dropout rate dropped significantly. So you had the same number of students actually graduating. And obviously there are a lot of other factors that come too, which is saving lots of money, not taking out needless student loans, being productive during those work years. So with that, we bring on our panel of deplorables. Do we have them? We have Not gay Jared from Ladder with Cratter. We have Roaming Millennial from everywhere else on the internet. And we have the one and only Zoe Rachel. Now, fortunately for us, we have a member of a much persecuted minority on our panel today. So I'd love to hear from him. Not Gay Jared, as a not gay American, do you. you think it is time to finally end affirmative action?
2: Oh, I think it's fine, Tom. I think it's mind boggling that people are just now waking up and realizing this is a issue um you know we've talked about that on our show for a long time people get screwed the most are whites and asians almost indefinitely um <laughs> poor roaming i would poor never roaming millennial yeah i wouldn't count my i i was not uh uh discriminated against uh,
3: but my ovaries my, uh... so it bounced oh out. that's right that it's
0: true i forgot you had those those uh persecuted ovaries you lucky duck yeah <laughs> That's well, that's very interesting. Watching. I mean, Zoe, so what do you think? Do you think there's a role for affirmative action in 2017? Has it served its purpose? Has it done absolutely nothing? Has it made things worse? Um, here's here's the fix for
4: affirmative action. Here's how you make it go away. Any white person who's concerned about affirmative action is what you got to do. Or if you want to get your job or you work at the fire department or anything like this, is what you do. All you got to do is just tell them that you're a black woman. I don't care who you are. <laughs> just tell them that you're a black woman. Oh, what that's... are they gonna do? Are they gonna use the application of of, uh, objective biological science to prove that you're not? You know, that's- That stuff doesn't work.
0: That is so smart though, because I've been tanning a lot. I go to the beach very frequently in LA, and because I'm Sicilian, I can become almost Hispanic. I can become trans-Hispanic, but I don't even need to do any of that. I can just become a black woman. Uh,
4: Yeah, see, there you go. You know, it's simple fix, man. That's what we try to do is make things simple. But if if I could say really quick, man, the funny thing is about affirmative action is that I have never met a black person yet who claims to have needed it, <laughs> Now, if you, 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 you right? It's like, oh, you got this, you got into school, you got this job because you're black. No, I didn't. I got this because I'm talented, because I'm smart. Now, the rest of the Negroes may
0: have needed affirmative action, but I didn't. <laughs> but not me. Now, you know, it, there's also this amazing side to it, which is, uh, you know, when I, I was at college only five years ago, and at Yale, some of the you know, 10, 15 smartest people there are, were from ethnic minorities, but there was this awful cloud over it because you think, well, possibly they got where they are because they're black or because they're Hispanic or something. And it really is, it isn't that fair to these people who are really smart right. and talented, but they have this cloud hanging over them because of legalized discrimination. Absolutely. Now ro- roaming, yeah, not, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, and I say it's, it's not fair to the people who didn't deserve to be there, who you're essentially setting up <laughs> for
0: failure. Yeah, that's- Failure you know, and debt.
2: dropout rates. And debt, a tremendous amount of debt.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Roaming. I mean, they, you know, there were in a debt crisis in the United States, particularly among young people with these awful student loans, quarter million dollar loans. Do, do don't we think that uh, compassion here is clearly misguided?
3: Yeah, and exactly. And you bring up a really good point talking about the uh, the average graduation rates of some of these minority groups. The last thing you want to do to someone who is from an underprivileged background is saddle them with a a bunch of debt for a degree they're never going to end up completing, right? And the U.S. already, I think, has a little bit of a problem when it comes to the global economy, you know, in context with skilled labor. Right. And, you know, these university spots, they're important. We need them. Uh, So we need to be giving them to the students who are most likely to finish, most likely to go enter in the workforce with their degrees and be skilled workers. Right. I mean, this this so uh, social justice in universities is, is one of the most damaging things i can think of to the american economy
0: listen to richard spencer over here spouting her racist (laughs) claptrap you know if affirmative action isn't achieving the results it was intended to achieve jared why do democrats insist on perpetuating it
2: you know i think the real problem is that it goes back to government trying to fix bad government policies with more government so you know you see this just uh very much so with the you know the fannie mae freddie mac situation the, the market crash 2008. They're trying to fix over-regulation with more over-reach and over-regulation. So, you know, I think if you were to wind the clock back for some of these students who maybe did stand a shot at getting into these universities on their own merit, um, you know, school vouchers, for instance. You know, Steve and I talk about this on the show all the time. We've yet to hear a real solid argument against school vouchers. So, say these students could get out of the ghettos, get out of the places, Go to schools that actually provide real education, real training, that aren't, you know, in the dumps and claiming to be underfunded all the time. Uh you know, more, more money will fix these schools, right? In the ghettos, um, you know, they stand a chance to think of actually earning their merit to get into these colleges and actually set themselves up to be much more successful than just, as we talked about, uh, you know, failing, dropping out, and being stuck with a crap ton of student loans.
0: That's right. This happened in my own hometown. Mayor De Blasio of New York. In a payoff to the teachers unions, tried to target the charter schools, and there was vicious pushback because it, it was the only shot for mostly black, you know, heavily uh, impoverished areas to get out of poverty and to have a shot of going to a good school and getting a good career and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, that that is that is really incredible. So it's just you know the the government creates a problem, and then there's more government to solve the problem, and then there's more government to solve that problem. So where does it end?
4: Well, it, it doesn't end because the issue adds up mainly to two things: money and votes. Mm. So, as long as we keep this affirmative action narrative going, as long as we keep this uh, racial strife narrative going, that's what you're going to get. You're getting money and votes, and they know how to keep this thing going.
0: That, yeah, that's really interesting. And what do you think, though, about these awful racists, Clarence Thomas and Thomas Sowell? You know, it is it is pretty incredible to watch uh, to watch both of these guys, some of the smartest guys in the country, saying. Very much as Frederick Douglass said, "Leave us alone. Stop trying to help."
4: <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. You know, the thing is, is uh, you know, if they would just leave us alone, you know, we would we, we would have a uh, we'd have a pretty good chance to catch up. You know, I don't know if you know you, you might have seen some of us sprint sometime. We've got some pretty uh, <laughs> explosive nature to be able to catch up if you just get out of our way. You know, that's that's all we ask. Or really, that is that would be all we ask. But unfortunately, there is a system that keeps progress. Pre- uh, um, programming pro, programming us to believe that, you know what, you have to keep asking, you need uh, this- this. Uh, why you need the see-
0: cycles of dependency. You have no no will or talent of your own. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we have to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. I know you want to watch more. I know you want to hear more from these guys, but you're too cheap. So what you need to do is go over to dailywire.com right now and subscribe. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year very, very little. It's more money than I make here, but it's not a lot of money for most of the population. And you'll get the Leftist Tears tumbler. The Leftist Tears tumbler keeps your leftist tears hot or cold, always salty. Plus, you'll get to hear us talk about all of the important news of the day, but only if you go over there. So go and subscribe right now, dailywire.com. We'll be right back. The mainstream media all predicted before the 2016 election that if Donald Trump were elected president, the stock market would absolutely collapse. There were I, I just Googled uh, stocks, if Trump is president, uh, CNBC, NBC, New York Times, CNN, they all, pred- one, one quote, the stock market would almost certainly tank. Do we have right now a live view from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange? Those coins just keep dropping. That's great. The uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average broke 22,000 for the first time ever, uh, in no small part because of a 4% surge in Apple stock. The U.S. added 178,000 jobs last month. So, is this what President Trump meant by getting sick and tired of winning? Are you sick and tired of winning yet? Man, why, why you got to ask me about the
4: start? Do I look like Charles <laughs> Payne? Hold on, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How about. <laughs> How about
0: now? Oh my like Charles, I'm when paying? did you get here? This thats a <laughs> spitting image.
4: Hey, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I, I don't pay that much against the stock, cuz I'm afraid I'd be uh, one of those people like sipping like milk and magnesia lattes and sprinkling with roll-aid But <laughs> 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 I remember, uh, but, you know, it looks like, uh, I don't know, I guess Boeing is doing pretty good. And Trump talked about Boeing uh, uh, being, uh, or the aircraft industry uh, doing well under his administration. And it looks like uh, with Boeing, that's reflecting that. Uh, but, you know, the, I think the bottom line, though, is that if this if this sustained, if this if this trend sustains, uh, hopefully people will start to feel it. They can look at it. They can look at it, tick and all that sort of stuff. But they have to feel it. In their own economy, they'll say, "Oh, this is great for you know the uh well, for Wall Street and, and and the holders and stuff like that." But you know when it when when am I gonna feel it?
0: That's so a great. I'm a I'm sorry, I did get a little distracted because I was thinking about milk of magnesia lattes. But I think I, I think I got most of your point. The, you know, that, it is a really great point. Roaming is this? I mean, <laughs> say, again, Genzo. So, Was there a point in there? Did I make a point? somewhere? somewhere in there. (laughs) I think you may have made a point. Roaming, is this just a lucky break? It's just caused by Apple surging 4% or are the fundamentals of our economy right now, are they strong? Are they headed in the right direction?
3: I think they definitely are headed in the right direction. I think this goes to show that no matter how much you call someone sexist, racist, a bigot, and an Islamophobe, turns out markets don't really care, right? Mm. And if we look at President Trump's, his initiative toward jobs, I think that's one area where he has, he's really, you know, made an effort to keep his campaign promises. I mean, we see that he's repealed, I think it's 16 regulations for every new one introduced toward businesses. And I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. And what's funny is that all of these news outlets who were so keen to get the message out that if Donald Trump is elected. It's going to be economic doomsday. Now that we're actually seeing successes in the markets, we're seeing great job creation, lowest unemployment we've had in a long time. They're very silent on the issue.
0: They are great. very quiet. That is a great. great. Why are they so quiet? You know, they all got it wrong almost to a man. Not gay. Jared. Is it because they are deceptive, or are they just extremely stupid? Uh,
2: well, they're one and the same. I think on this issue, but I <laughs> That's think true. Uh, it's you know, not an it's, either or
0: question with the it's mainstream not a, you know, media.
2: Why, why, have to, why pick if you don't have to? <laughs> But um, you know it's really a hard thing to comment on because it's just so volatile. You know it could be up, it could be up today, and down tomorrow, and it's kind of hard to. Wait, does that say EP of Ladder with Crowder on my lower third? <laughs> I'm, I'm the Morning grinder host. Ladder what? with Crowder is just a side. Well, what is? Yeah, I've never even heard of
0: Ladder with Crowder. Yeah. I only subscribe yeah. to Morning Grinders.
2: Exactly. Marshall, well, really this really is a
0: huge there. oversight.
2: Jared, I'm sorry. But I'm just really shocked, actually, that uh, that uh. You know, Apple's doing well. That's actually more shocking to me than anything <laughs> yeah, else in this study. That's true. Uh, do we have do we have a live view of Twitter's stock? Is this still just just burning? Just and in burning? Free fall. Yeah, it's actually
0: like, through the bottom of the floor. Zero? I think. Yeah. Is this right when I get verified, Twitter's going to go out of business? That's terrible. Exactly. I guess you know I got yeah. verified for not yeah. writing a book, so that's. I guess that's I, see,
3: I've applied. <laughs> I've applied to them like three times. I've been rejected each time. One You're day kidding I'll me. Get them.
0: No. Ruling like Millennials way more 000. famous than me. Are you, that's, wow. Well, all right, now I see why that company's failing. Okay, that's we gotta move on. The Department of Homeland Security says it will waive more than three dozen laws and regulations, most related to environmental review and the protection of wildlife, as it pushes to build the border wall with Mexico. We go now to Sarah McLaughlin for a reaction. The
3: end of
0: life, I will be there for you. Day the time the Thank you, Sarah. That was a stirring report. Nokia Jared, is this an example of President Trump cutting through red tape or is this lawlessness from the White House?
2: Oh gosh, here's the thing. There's always gonna be just mountains of mountains of red tape with this. And I think when the leftists yeah. realize they can't make arguments on the immigration front, it's just a natural shift to say, oh, but their are climate you know change reasons. To shift, you know, away from the border wall. I remember Jeff Corwin, like a month ago, was saying, "If we build this wall, it's really going to mess up the birds." I don't know if you know what bur- happens when birds <laughs> encounter, you know, <laughs> objects in the wilderness, such as a wall, but they tend to fly over them.
0: They fly. Are so, you? I'd have never heard that. Are you a science denier, not Here, I've never heard of that. I'm not.
2: I'm not a birdologist. <laughs> I'm yeah, not
0: about that. I think that's but the word. I guess the right experience word.
2: Experience tells me they'll be all right. So. This is just leftists getting their own way. I mean, it's, it it it's perfect for them, right? Because it's a something they oppose, and they can relate. it to It's the just a tactical shift. It, and yes, exactly. You know, they but they get in their own way with this kind of stuff as well. You can't build us uh, uh, solar panels in the Mojave Desert because of some stupid endangered turtle. So, <laughs> uh, tortoise, tortoise, man, I was that was rude of me. Um, speciesist. So, it's a you know, huge you, their own way with you rampant
0: things. speciesist. <laughs>
2: it's, it's my greatest crime against humanity, but no, I don't think, I think Trump's going to have to do some of these things to cut through the BS or at least, you know, maybe talk about some of the funding for these programs and these, these uh, people who want to just, you know, rail on the climate change issue for the wall, because I think you're going to find most of it's unfounded and it doesn't make any sense.
0: I have to push back on your species as Anake, at Roaming, if securing our borders might endanger half a dozen chupacabras, shouldn't we just completely abandon the project?
3: Well, that, I mean, that's a great point, right? This is about priorities. We have arms, tracker, arms traffickers, drug traffickers, uh, do- documented, like, criminals who, who we've sent back and keep coming over, but, you know, places like the EPA, oh, well, there's this species of rabbit that likes to, you know, hop back and forth this area, therefore we shouldn't do it. Really? Is that <laughs> is that a legitimate argument against this? And I think, you know, if nothing else, it proves the point that, hey— Walls do work in restricting population movement, right?
0: <laughs> that is, that's a very good point. You know, one time I was I was working in local politics. I was advising a company on how to build in this middle of nowhere New York. And we we had to halt the entire project. Would have brought a lot of jobs in because of a rattlesnake, which last time I checked, we don't want. We want We want to get rid of them. We want to kill them. Apparently, we, we had to stop yeah, the whole pro- They are a nuisance. They are a pest. Yeah. So does what Trump, do you- I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was gonna say, if you remember though, a lot of times when they do this and push these proposals, right, the climate change we can't do it because X, Y, and Z. Have you noticed, they don't really tend to name the actual species they're trying to save. (laughs) They they speak in the most generic terms possible. I remember there was a bridge in California, like two years ago. They built a new one because the old one was rusted out and they had to tear down the other one. But the other one was housing like home to like 800 something birds. And it was gonna be like a $33 million project to remove these birds. I cannot find in any article where they specified the birds. I didn't even know there so were eight hundred
0: different, different birds.
2: Yeah, like no, no, eight hundred of the same kind of bird, mounted up into this this old bridge. Thirty-three million dollars to remove them. That's like forty thousand dollars a bird. You know, you know
0: why now, they can't be too specific, though. They can't be too specific. Just buy new birds that so you could just in find new mind mind birds. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, the she reason they can't said, be hey. too specific is that global warming might cause new bird species to go and live there. So they have to prepare for that. I mean, these these shifts are, yeah. are uh, really affect the biosphere.
2: If if they're, well, and if, they're mean, if they're bald eagles, you might get people on board, but if you tell, if you were to tell <laughs> people like, "Hey, actually they're just pigeons." They'd be like, <laughs> "Well, screw the pigeons."
0: You, you know, the Bridge. <laughs> they do that in <laughs> LA. They do that in LA. Uh-huh. They they divert a ton of our fresh water because of the delta smelt, which is just an anchovy. There's there are these anchovies <laughs> that are yeah. sucking up more fresh water than Californians are. Terrible.
3: Disgusting. But I mean, all of these environmental regulations, I think they're they're just the greatest symbol of I think white upper middle class privilege that yeah, I can that's imagine. Right. right? Like that's with right. with this border wall, you have like. Uh, low- income, let's say, African American communities in places like Los Angeles and Texas who whose jobs are being undercut by illegal immigration. but it's like, sorry guys, there's an owl. Um, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, don't care I, if I you can feed know. your family. Yeah. <laughs> Just the owls.
0: The owl needs to feed its family. That's true. Do right. you think do you think Trump has to do this? So does, does Donald Trump need to build the wall if he doesn't want to lose his supporters?
4: You know, I think I'm going to get a lot of people mad at me when I say that I have I haven't really
0: been a big the the wall guy. I'm not
4: against it. Yeah. My whole thing is just like, look,
0: you care more stop. about the owls. I understand. I'm with you, yeah, so.
4: You know, they're cute and cuddly. You know, even <laughs> despite, you know, all, you know, who who. Anyway, um, you know, my thing is stop giving out the goodies that they come over for. You yeah. know, but the, the education, the, the 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 healthcare, the uh the, the jobs and stuff like that. Stop leaving out the sugar. So you know that way, you know, they stop losing the incentive to come over. And if you do see some people trying to sneak into our country from there, with even even though they know they're not going to get anything, chances are that person trying to sneak in is probably trying to blow something up, or (laughs) is sneaking in a a a kulo full of cocaine.
0: That is a good test. One of those very bad, one very good. I'm kidding. They're both terrible. They're terrible. Roaming, does he have to build the wall?
3: You know what I i'm kind of like zoe right i mean i'm not someone who thought like oh wall would be a great idea before it was mentioned but you know when you think about it, it it does kind of make sense like hey you have this border it's very porous you have a lot of movement going back and forth unauthorized why not and to me it's not just about the actual physical wall it's about you know hey patrols a greater monitoring th- things like that um i think i think trump does need to build it uh you know it's something that he campaigned on greatly i think it's something that a lot of people who are feeling like uh rule of law doesn't apply in, in America anymore. It's something that they're counting on. And you know what, there's a lot of that portion is already walled anyway. It's not as a, I think as huge a project as some people are making it out to be acting as if there's like no separation at all going on. Uh, I, I think I think he, he does need to do it.
0: Well, you know, speaking of the threat from illegal aliens, NASA is currently seeking to hire someone with a secret security clearance and quote, <laughs> advanced knowledge of planetary protection to lead the agencies Planetary protection capability. Now, uh, this appears to be a change in course from NASA's primary duties under President Obama. Do we have that interview? Uh, When
1: I became the NASA administrator or before I became the NASA administrator, he charged me with three things. One was he wanted me to help re-inspire children to want to get into science and math. He wanted me to expand our international relationships. And third, and-
0: That's really important. So which poses a greater danger to the United States, extraterrestrials or Muslim terrorists? Muslim extraterrestrials. <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten that third category.
4: And I like having George Jefferson as, uh, as the dude who's going to do that for him. We say. <laughs> we say they're coming. They're gonna, here comes E.T. to bring us his space aids.
0: It is really reaching across the aisle, a real melding of the Obama and Trump administration priorities. Uh, Not gay, Jared, we're making nice with Muslims. We're protecting against the Martians. Yes. But- the last time that humans traveled out of low earth orbit was 1972. Why aren't we exploring space anymore? Hmm. Is it because of fear of the Muslim extraterrestrials?
2: It could be, but if you've got a protector of the universe out there as they're planning and <laughs> I can only picture at this point, Al Gore with spandex and a green mullet, <laughs> I wouldn't want to leave the earth either. That's something you don't want to encounter. That, That's the making of a horror movie you can't take back.
0: That is a fair point. What a job to have, by the way. P- protector of the planet. That's, that <laughs> is a pretty good
2: time. These are just bait are these the kind of jobs Obama was adding when he was uh, inflating the, the, the work numbers? Because yeah. this, this is a reach. That,
0: this that is a reach is, I want to go back and look at those jobs numbers under the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And it's paid well.
2: From what I saw, this person's paid
0: well. <laughs> it's true, actually. The, the like salary is
2: 187, almost... 187000 or something
0: like that. Yeah, that's right. Almost $200,000 a year yeah. to protect the planet. Which, you know, that's frankly... Like, are they getting, like,
4: funding, like, from, like are they getting funding from Ted right Turner? There. Yeah, (laughs) it might be. To to fund Captain Planet? Are they getting money from Ted Turner to protect uh, for, for Captain Planet?
0: Well, because of Citizens United, we can't look into all this dirty money in government, but we'll have to look into it. Roaming, when we ventured out to explore the moon, all we found was dirt and rock. The same is true of Texas. Does our apathy about imploring imply, exploring imply that we have gone soft as a civilization?
3: You know what, I've heard that argument, even from conservatives, the fact that, you know, Russia is making gains against the US in the space race, and, uh, you know what, as someone who likes space, I like science, uh, it's still really hard, I think, to justify that amount of spending, just in general, And we have such a huge deficit, when we have so many problems, you know, on Earth in the country, um, but, you know, I think the, the biggest question here is that if, if it's a planetary protector, why, why is only the US looking into this, right, I mean, Shouldn't other countries be kind of going into this? And I'm not saying we build some sort of Death Star. But, you know, if we're actually thinking of protecting the whole planet, it, it, why is it always the U.S. that's taking on these initiatives, right? I mean, if it's just an American job for NASA, I think we, it, you know, a, a sort of protective bubble just around the U.S. Is, is more feasible, in my opinion. Other countries can fend for themselves.
0: You know, Roman, you I might not go minded, this I far. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jared.
2: Right. I'm open-minded. Right. I support the Death Star.
0: I, I agree with you. I Word. agree with you. Let's, let's not be cowardly here. Imperialism. Hey, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask. It's though, infrastructure.
3: Um, right? It creates jobs.
0: But but I gotta ask,
4: you know, because when they keep looking out in the space and they're always saying this planet could potentially support life, it's always could potentially support life. They haven't substantiated that there that there is a organic material out there or something that that is supporting life out there. So. Why are they worried about some sort of organic material coming here when they haven't really proven that there's something else that supports
0: life out there? Yeah, well, we can't focus on protecting from terrestrial life until we first protect against the evil Martians. You have to get your priorities I, I, in order.
3: I mean, mm, the idea okay. of making another planet habitable is cool, but I mean, if you look on Earth, we still haven't figured out a way to make, like, sub-Saharan Africa habitable, right? Yeah, or I mean, Chicago like, let's,
0: let's, let's
3: or focus. Detroit, yeah. <laughs> right, I mean.
0: Dang. That's true. You're right. Dang. Maybe we could, maybe we could turn, turn our view inside and make our own societies better. That's a really wholesome point to end on. Get out of here, you. It was great to have you. Roaming millennial, not Gay Jared and Joe Rachel. Now it's time for final thoughts. Like so many government initiatives, A legal structure that began with apparently good intentions has wrought unintended consequences that are unjust, not merely to certain disenfranchised groups, but even to the people it intended to help. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. These statistical, moral, and legal arguments to end affirmative action are overwhelming, but here's the simplest. The Justice Department is entrusted with the responsibility to stop discrimination and protect civil rights for everybody. Perhaps, finally, it ought to be able to do just that. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show.